friends as well, you see why it's just so wonderful how many of you have served at Bridge of Hope and City Heights, and may you continue to do so, thinking of families that need your support. Now, would you turn your Bibles to Zechariah 11? Zechariah chapter 11. We'll show the verses on the screen here as well. No problem if you don't have a Bible. Zechariah 11. I want to connect with you something what we heard, something what we see in Zechariah 7 from, from Zechariah chapter 11. The big picture here in Zechariah 11 is that God is angry with the shepherds, the, the leaders of his people. He's angry with these leaders because they've oppressed his people and mistreated his people. So God says to Zechariah the prophet, chapter 11, verse 4, Thus said the Lord my God, Become shepherd of the flock, doomed to slaughter. Those who buy them, slaughter them and go unpunished. Those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, praise the Lord, I have become rich. And their own shepherds have no pity on them, for I will no longer have pity on the inhabitants of this land declares the Lord. Behold, I will cause each of them to fall in the hand of his neighbor and each in the hand of his king, and they shall crush the land, and I will deliver none from their hand. It's a, it's a word of judgment. God, God is saying these people, these leaders, are using my people like meat, and they're getting rich off my people. They're saying, praise the Lord, I got rich off the backs of the people. And so God calls his prophet to perform a, a sign act, an acted out message. And acted out, perhaps parable, kind of like, kind of like what the prophet Hosea was called to do. And Hosea was called to marry a wayward woman, a woman he knew would commit adultery to show the spiritual adultery of his people. It's kind of like that, it seems, in Zechariah 11. There are two acted out parables or acted out messages. It would seem. Here's the first, beginning in verse. 7. Verse 7 says, So I became the shepherd of the flock, doomed to slaughter, doomed to be slaughtered by the sheep traders. And I took two staffs, two implements of shepherds, rod and a staff, perhaps. One named favor or graciousness, the other named union. Remember these two. And I tended the sheep. In one month I destroyed three shepherds. Maybe it's three kings who were deposed. We're not but I became impatient with them, and notice these words, and they also detested me. So Zechariah is told to act the part of a good shepherd. His mission is to save this flock who's doomed to be slaughtered. He's come to help them, to rescue them. And you'd think they would rejoice in his role as deliverer, right? Hooray! He's come to help us from these people who are selling us and trying to get rich off our backs. They reject him. Verse 8, in fact, says they detest him. So Zechariah leaves them to die. Verse 9. So I said, verse 9, I will not be your shepherd. What is to die? Let it die. What is to be destroyed? Let it be destroyed. And let those who are left to devour the flesh of one another. They're going to have to resort to cannibalism, basically. It's a lot like Romans chapter 1, where this frightening form of God's wrath, he says, is to give people over to what they want. To give people what they want, and it destroys them. Friends, you don't want that to happen to you. You don't want God to give, give you over to your pornography, 
you become a slave of your lust. You don't want God to give you over to your materialism. And you are enslaved by covetousness. It controls you. You don't want God to give you over to lying and deception. And you don't know what's true anymore. That's what's happening here. God gives them what they want. They reject God's shepherd. So God rejects them. Verse 10. Verse 10. I took my staff favor or graciousness. God's grace. And I broke it. Annulling the covenant. The relationship I had made with all these so it was annulled on that day. And the sheep traders who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. Skip down to verse 14. Verse 14. Then I took and I broke my second staff, union, representing the united people of God, annulling the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. These staffs, they, they, are, they are the good God wanted to do to his people. Graciousness and unity, favor and union. The good God wants to do to his people, they wouldn't have it. And so since Zechariah, the good shepherd, the good shepherd is rejected, he says, can I just have my wages then? It's kind of like asking for your severance pay when you're fired. You get fired, okay, can I, can I get a check for a couple weeks, please? Verse 12. Then I said to them, if it seems good to you, give me my wages. But if not, keep them. And they weighed out as my wages 30 pieces of silver. Note that. 30 pieces of silver. The price of a slave. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, a craftsman who worked in the temple, making things. Throw it to the, to the potter in the temple, the lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord. To the potter. The merchants buy off Zechariah with the price of a slave, which is basically saying, We don't think you're worth very much. We don't value what you did very much. It's 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 a slam. People disagree about this, but it seems to be a slam. They have rejected him. And so God says, Throw the money back. Toss it back into the temple to the potter, which is a statement about God, God making a statement about what's happening in the you reject me, I reject how you're worshiping me. And then there's a last sign act. The last sign act in verse 15. Let me just read it to you. Then the Lord said to me, Take once more the equipment now of a foolish shepherd. Previously, the rod and staff of a good shepherd. Now, verse 15, Now I want you to play the part of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am raising up in the land a shepherd who does not care for those being destroyed or seek the young or heal the maimed or nourish the healthy, but devours the flesh of the fat ones, tearing off even their hooves. And God declares condemnation on such shepherds or leaders. Verse 17, woe, here's a statement of curse. Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. It's another frightening picture of God giving us over to what we want. And so these poor leaders lead into destruction. Now what's challenging about this, many aspects are challenging, what, what's challenging in part is that we don't know exactly when some of these things were fulfilled. There could in fact be, and of course scholars argue about these things back and forth, there could in fact be some 
multiple fulfillments in ways of these words. We're not entirely sure, and I'm not going to waste your time on all of that, because we know, we know the one ultimate fulfillment of Zechariah 11. And that's why I wanted to preach this. Because the gospel writers look at that scene, at that sign see Jesus. And I want you just to hear Matthew chapter 27. Just listen as I read this to you and reflect on Zechariah. Matthew 27. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people, think ungodly shepherds we just read about, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. And when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, Judas changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver. He brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple. Judas departed and went and hanged himself. Verses. Hanged himself. The chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them in the treasury since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field. As a burial place for strangers, therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was filled, fulfilled has been spoken, uh, what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. Quotes Jeremiah because both Jeremiah and Zechariah are being alluded to, but Jeremiah was the more prominent prophet, so they give the footnote to Jeremiah, not Zechariah. They'll work that out in heaven. All right, spoken by the prophet Jeremiah saying, and they took, quote, the 30 pieces of silver the price of him on whom a price had been set by the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. D.A. Carson asked so poignantly, commented, he says, How many times did Jesus meditate on Zechariah? The good shepherd rejected, the good shepherd rejected by so many of his people and dismissed for 30 pieces of silver. You can draw a straight line, can't you, between Zechariah 11 and a confusing chapter and Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. So very briefly, I want to draw two points of application. Two, two things that I think really ought to do in response to this chapter. And the first is to behold the The first thing you should do in seeing this rejected good shepherd for 30 pieces of silver is to behold, friends, the mercy, the mercy of God. Author Walter Percy, he once said, when, when there's a photograph that we know we're in, we always instinctively look for ourselves, don't we? I always do that. It's kind of sad. If I know I'm in the photograph, I look for myself. 
you should do that in these photographs. You should look for yourself in Zechariah 11. And look for yourself in Matthew 27. Because it's easy for us to say, stupid people rejecting the good shepherd. Stupid Judas. We reject him. We all come into this world shaking our fists at God. Turning our backs on God. Thumbing our noses at, at him. We need to ask ourselves, why was Jesus being rejected in the first place? For whom, for whom was he allowing himself to be rejected, betrayed, and crucified? So we can't, we can't but help to hear the words of Jesus in John chapter 10. Saying, quote, I am I just hope those words have fresh significance in light of Zechariah 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Notice, I lay down my life for the sheep. There's the mercy. I lay down my life for the sheep. And notice, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I'm going to save other people. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock. Think about that staff, union, one people of God. There will be one flock and one shepherd. So here's the mercy, friends. Here's the mercy that, that Zechariah 11 is a lens in which to see the good shepherd who knows you by name, who knows all about you, laid down his life for you. Though we reject him, he rescues. He rescues all This is to be almost, I want to say, addictive for us. The mercy of God, the grace of God, so consuming our attention. It, it should almost be addictive for us. I was thinking of a snack I had this week called Boom Chicka Pop. Are you familiar with Boom Chicka Pop? There are different kinds, I, as I've seen, but at Costco, they sell the purplish large bag of Boom Chicka Pop. And you have to stay away from it. It's very dangerous. It should be a drug. I mean, it should be classified as a drug. If there's a 12-step program for Boom Chicka Pop, I need to enroll. Because it's dangerous stuff. It is just the right combination of salt and sweet. Salt and sweet. It's just, just the perfect combination. Of, you can't stop. It's irresistible. Salty and sweet. And I, I think of the mercy and grace of God. Now. It, it is, no, I'm serious. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It's just the right combination that just, it should be to your soul. It's irresistible. Because you see what you deserve. God should have given me over to what I wanted and it destroyed me. He should have said to me, let it die. You see what you deserve, but then you see. Irresistible like that. It should be, it should be like we sang, we talked about in the Christian life. We just keep seeing our need of Jesus and we seeing the, see the greatness of God. And the cross just gets bigger and bigger and mercy just gets bigger and grace gets more amazing. Zechariah can be a lens for you like that to see and behold 
the, the shepherd we rejected who laid down his life for us, that we would do a second thing, that we would show the mercy of God. And this is where I want to, I want to loop back to Zechariah 7 and loop back to Lamech and what he shared. Because there's a logic to God's grace. There's a logic to God's mercy. And it's like this. Those who receive it, those who experience it, those who taste it and get addicted to it, get to display it to other people. In other words, connect Zechariah 7. Show kindness. Show mercy. To Zechariah 11. A good shepherd who laid down his life for you. Are you tracking with me? These things, they are connected. It's like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Plain in Luke chapter 6. He said, love your enemies. Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. God himself, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, Jesus says, even as your Father is merciful. It's amazing. He says, love your enemies. Why? You're going to get rewarded and you'll be more like God because he's merciful. You hear the logic? Experience this mercy and then, and then put it on display. Husbands and wives, put it on display to each other. Maybe you've been behaving like, more like sparring partners. Put this mercy on display. I'm not saying sugarcoat problems in your marriage. I'm not saying that. I'm saying sprinkle mercy and you're going to find the situation improves a lot. Or parents, show this mercy to your children. Put this into action in your parenting. Parenting requires a lot of correction, a lot of discipline, right? You know that. You've got to be faithful to discipline and instruct teach and to train, of course, of course, of course, and yet do so sprinkled with mercy, reflecting your heavenly Father. Siblings, brothers and sisters in the same family, I know it's tempting sometimes, right? Yeah, don't say right. Yeah, don't agree with that. You sin against each other, you tempt each other. Here's, here's an application for you. Show the mercy of God that you behold in Jesus Christ. Or Grace Church, let us do so to those outside these walls. I'm so glad Lamech shared so that these words in Zechariah 11 would make so much more sense to us. Render true judgments. Show kindness and, and mercy to one another. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow. Friends, think about the widows in our midst. Think about the single parents and the mercy you could show. Do not oppress the fatherless, those growing up in maybe a single parent home. Do not oppress the sojourner or the poor. And let none of you devise evil against one another in your hearts. I hope you're seeing the connection. With the mercy we're called to show, 
and the mercy we have received in the Good Shepherd, who, though rejected, was rejected for us to rescue all who believe. We want to celebrate that as we close by taking the Lord's Supper together. So would those who are going to serve us the Lord's Supper please be released to do so. And the music team can come. Hope you're connecting, friends, between a good shepherd and what we deserve from him and what we've received. We deserve to be given over to our sin. He came to bear our sin and give us what we don't deserve. His grace, his love, his compassion, his care. The Lord's Supper is a helpful way for us to experience afresh the mercy of God. Now, for those here who have yet to trust in Jesus Christ, Thank you for being here. You're in the right place. Thanks so much for coming. This supper is for those who've already believed on Jesus. We just ask you to let the trays pass you by. No easier to judge you about that. But I, I just would want to ask you, I would want to urge you to think about what we've seen here. Think about the irresistible combination of what you deserve and what I deserve. And what Jesus holds out to you, his love, his mercy, his compassion, his grace. He wants you to know him and experience that grace by turning from going your own way and trusting in his life, death, and resurrection for you. I urge you to turn to him even now. Believe. For those who have believed on Jesus, please take the bread and cup and hang on to both. We'll take the Lord's Supper together. Praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for this great mercy. We cannot thank you enough. Let's stand together. I'm going to close by saying.